Turning. We're in Acts chapter 17. Where we're going to pick up uh, on, our, on our study this morning is they are in, Paul and Silas are in, uh, they, they're in the area of Macedonia, southeastern Europe and northern Greece is where they're at. They're actually at a place called Thessalonica, uh, which still exists today. It's Thessaloniki in Greece, but it's northern Greece, and it still exists today. So, so this, is, this is down Bulgaria, uh, Serbia, down in that area, and northern Greece is where we're at. And the focus this morning, as you might have noticed from the songs, is Scripture. We have kind of, if, you, if we back up and kind of take an overview of what we've learned through our study of Acts, we've learned the, the incredible, uh, the critical Holy Spirit, both in the believer and in the church. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely critical for the, for the believer to have the Holy Spirit and for the church to have the Holy Spirit. And we've seen how critical the church is, how we suffer together, rejoice together, disciple together, how we focus on the gospel together. And we, last week we looked at praise and worship and saw how powerful praise and worship can be. Powerful because it leads us to, to take our eyes off of our circumstances and put them on the God who can do anything. And so we, we've seen that, uh, the power, how it is empowering to us to, for praise and worship. And now, this morning, we're going to look at Scripture, how important Scripture is. And we're going to be talking about the Bereans today. Now, I can't tell you how many churches, how many Bible study groups, how many are named after the Bereans. And it's because of the verse we read earlier, verse 11, that they, they searched the Scriptures daily to see if this was true. So, so let's read Acts chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 10. And it is up here behind me. Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 10. And as soon as it was night, the brothers and sisters sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Upon arrival, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. The people here were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Consequently, many of them believed, including a number of prominent Greek women, as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul at Berea, they came there too, agitating and upsetting the crowds. Then the brothers and sisters immediately sent Paul away to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed on there. Those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving instructions for Silas and Timothy to come to him as quickly as possible, they departed. So let's talk about this, this passage and and uh, first, let's talk about it from the context, because at the beginning of this, the, the part that we didn't read, that I'm hoping you will read later today, is the first few verses of, of chapter 17. Paul and Silas get to Thessalonica, and they go to the synagogue. And, and in fact, they stay at the synagogue, it says three Sabbaths, so three weeks, they're teaching in Thessalonica. And, and many prominent men and women come to faith in Christ through their preaching in, in Thessalonica. 
Now, that means that these are uh, Greeks who have converted to Judaism because they're not preaching in the, in the town square. They're preaching in the synagogue. So this is, these are, are Gentiles, Greeks, that have come to faith in Christ, in, in Christ through the synagogue preaching of Paul and Silas. And it's worth, uh, it's worth noting that women are noted both in the passage that we didn't read and in the passage we read. Now, why is it such a big deal that women are noted? It's because in this culture, women were property. They had no rights. They couldn't even, in the Jewish culture, they couldn't even stand for themselves in court. They had to have a man to do that with them. So, but in Christ, men and women are equal. In Christ, there is equality between men and women. Yes, we have different roles. We have different roles in the home. We have different roles in church. But there is no sense in Christianity that, that women are somehow less than men. They're not. We are equals in Christ. And so it, it keeps bringing up that all these women are coming to Christ, and it's doing that to point out to us, as countercultural as it was for this time, in this place, women were equals in the church. They were equals in Christ. And so what happens in Thessalonica is worth mentioning mostly because it, gives a, it sets up a contrast between Thessalonica and Berea. It sets up what happens here. Because what happens is verse 5 tells us that wicked men from the marketplace start a riot. They start a riot. Now this caught my eye because it's kind of something we see a lot of today, isn't it? And here's the interesting thing to me. First of all, this is first century uh, in time. This is almost 2,000 years ago. They had riots 2,000 years ago. The second thing that really picks up uh, my, my interest in this is these are men from the marketplace. In fact, uh, this Greek word that's used, it's, it's, also, uh, it's also translated ruffians or scoundrels or hooligans or miscreants or vandals. That's, that's how this word is used in, in other places. And so this, these guys were in the marketplace. These were a bunch of people who wanted to riot. They didn't even hear Paul and Silas preach. Paul and Silas preached in the synagogue. They didn't hear it. They just wanted to riot. They didn't know why. They just did. Does that sound familiar <laughs> in our day? Do we have that people in our, in our culture, in our society, that just want to riot and they don't care what the truth is? That's what ha what's happening here. So it's not a uniquely American thing. This is, this is Macedonia or, or northern Greece, and it's not a modern-day thing because this is almost 2,000 years ago. There were a group of people who stirred up and rioted even when they didn't know why. They had no interest in what Paul and Silas had to say. They had never even heard Paul and Silas talk. They just were stirred up to a riot. I think it's fair to say that we have Thessalonians and Bereans in our day today. Because we have people that are actually 
that actually care about the truth, and we have people that just want to riot, that just want violence. And that's why I guess this, this caught my, my attention, because it's, so, uh, it's such a part of our current culture. So we have the, the Thessalonians, and then we have what, what they call the noble Bereans. And what's the difference? The, the, the verse says that they were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. And why? Because they heard the truth. They had their ears open to the truth. I'll say again, these folks that are rioting in, in Thessalonica, they had no idea why they were even rioting. They didn't care about the truth. They didn't care about Paul and Silas. They just wanted violence. They just wanted to riot. The Bereans, on the other hand, wanted to hear the truth. They wanted the truth. They were eager for the truth, it says. And so, you know, I've said this many times uh, through our study of Acts. The gospel separates. It separates believers and non-believers. And it actually also gathers together because here we are gathered together as believers and there they are gathered together as rioters. The gospel, the word of God, separates. And it also gathers. It gathers those who believe and it gathers the enemies of it. That's the word of God. That's how it works. That's how the gospel has been, and we have seen that again and again and again. How many times have we seen Paul and Barnabas and now Silas being chased by mobs, being chased out of town, being, being stoned nearly to death, being beaten with rods? It's always a group of people that are against the gospel. It's a group of people that are against the truth. And so we have the Bereans who are for the truth, and are diligently searching for the truth, and we have the, the Thessalonians that are searching for violence. That they literally, the word of God causes searching. It causes the, the crowd, the riotous crowd, to search for Paul and Silas, to try and find them. They don't, they don't even know why. They have been stirred up to riot. That's all they know. And yet they are searching for Paul and Silas. And it causes the Bereans to search for the truth, to search the scriptures, to see if what Paul and Silas are preaching is truth. I, I, there is nothing that I want more for you than for you to know the God I know. Nothing. It's the tagline, actually. If you get an email from me, you will see at the bottom, got to know the God I know. Because that's what I want for you. And so when I preach, I give you the word here. It, it is what I'm reading from is right behind me. When I make a, a reference, I tell you where that reference is from. I want you to read your Bible. I want you to search the scriptures to see if it is true. We spent almost two years in a, in a sermon series learning how to study. Learning how to study the Bible. Do you remember the steps? The first one's context, right? Because text without context is pretext. So the first one was context. See what it says in the context. Who is it to? Uh, what's the culture of this, uh, the cultural context of what, it's, what is being said? 
First is context. Then it's the questions. Do you remember the questions? What does this say about God? What does it say about me? What do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? Answer those questions in every passage. And then, phrase by phrase, look for the comfort and the challenge that I believe is in every passage of Scripture. There is a challenge there for you to do something. And there is a comfort there that meets your need. We, we went through this for almost two years, trying to show you to study your own Bible, because there is nothing I want more than for you to know the God I know. Nothing I want more. This is what the Bereans did. They searched the scriptures on their own. They searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was preaching lined up with what they knew, with what they had. As I said earlier, we've seen kind of in, in an overview of Acts, we've seen that how critical it is for the individual believer to have the Holy Spirit. You need that as a, as a down payment on salvation, as Paul said in Ephesians 1. He, he said it's a down payment on salvation. It's proof of your salvation. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's guidance. We need the Holy Spirit's wisdom to know truth. The church needs the Holy Spirit. It needs to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the church is important as well because we suffer together. We rejoice together. We disciple one another. Praise and worship together is important because it draws our, our eyes off of our circumstances and onto the God that can do anything. And the scripture is important because it is the manual for life. It is how, it, it is the truth by which all truth is judged. This doesn't contain truth, this is truth. And it contains everything you need to know about how to live the Christian life. So this sets up the contrast between the Thessalonians and the Bereans. Look at the difference. The, the Bereans wanted to know what Paul and Silas had to say. They were eager to hear it, and they were eager to search the, the Scripture to see if it was true. The Thessalonians just were eager for violence. They just wanted to riot. They didn't even know why. They just wanted it. And so they were, going, they, they were chasing them down. So both are searching. Both are chasing. One is chasing evil, and one is chasing truth. This is, uh, I'll say again, this isn't a uniquely American thing. It is not even a new thing. This is as old as truth versus lie, evil versus good, it's that old. There are those who are, who are against righteousness in every form because the word of God separates. I think this is something, again, that, that, that we need to consider today because there are going to be those who are, who are adamantly opposed to the truth. There are going to be those who are adamantly opposed to hearing the truth. And there are going to be those who are eager, eager to hear it and will search the scripture to see if this is true. 
This is mankind at its best and at its worst. We see it here. We've seen it continually through, the, through our study of Acts. I, I can't help but think as I, as I read this and study this passage, I can't help but think, what if, what if these ruffians, these hooligans, these miscreants, I love some of these words that are used. We, never, we don't use ruffians enough, I think, right? Miscreants, come on, that's a great word. What if they had actually heard Paul and Silas? I can't help but wonder, what if they would have actually heard them? We'll never know because they didn't. And they didn't care. They just cared about violence and rioting. So we have such a contrast here between the noble Bereans who, who are literally searching for truth and those who are just searching for violence and rioting. We have, we have the, the, the sheer contrast here. And these, these uh, Thessalonians, by the way, from Thessalonica to Berea is about 50 miles. So these Thessalonians are dedicated to rioting because they're traveling 50 miles. Now, they didn't hop a bus. They walked 50 miles to track down Paul in Berea. They are dedicated to stopping the gospel. Are we as dedicated to the truth as they are to the lies? It's a question I think we have to ask ourselves. Because these are the pillars of the Christian faith. These are the pillars of living the Christian life. The Holy Spirit in every individual believer, driving you, empowering you, leading you to comfort, leading you to peace, leading you to the, to the challenge that's necessary, leading you to the truth. The Holy Spirit in the church, leading the church to suffer together and, and to rejoice together and to disciple one another and to focus on the gospel together. Praise and worship, not just murmuring along with some songs, but actually lifting your heart in praise and in worship because it takes our eyes off of our circumstances and puts them on the God that can do anything. And we do it together because it empowers us together. And, and now with this passage, the Word of God, the Scripture, the manual for the Christian life, this is truth. We have to be as dedicated to the truth as the enemy is to the lie. Are we? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and consider that question. The Bereans searched the scriptures daily to see if it were true. Can you commit to searching the scripture daily to know the truth? Can we be as committed to the truth as the enemy is to the lie? That's a, that's a commitment you need to make between you and God. 
can you commit to being as dedicated to the truth as the enemy is to the lie? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, that, that we see the difference. We see how the word of God separates believers from non-believers. It separates those who seek truth and peace and those who are seeking the lie and violence and rioting. Keep us mindful that we need to be as dedicated to the truth as the enemy is to the lie. Help us with that. Call out to us daily your truth. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.